At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. And what's going on, fine citizens? Welcome in to the Throwdown Thursday edition of the Detroit City Cast presented by our great friends from Bat Rivers back in the D. And of course, it's a blizzard today. You know, we had rain yesterday and it kind of rained overnight and then got colder and then starting a couple hours ago as we record here in the afternoon on a Thursday. Absolute snow monsters. So if you're listening to this, driving to and fro, please be safe in the Metro Detroit area. Uh, lots to get to today, including this big, big discussion about Matt Stafford and whether or not he's a Hall of Famer. And I got on this question the second the game ended, which, of course, as you've been listening to my shows out in Vegas, I told you the Rams' money line. They, of course, won, didn't cover the spread. Hope you listened to that. We ended up the NFL 13-2 and uh, against the spread with my overall picks. And I gave you that Cooper Cup prop as well. Uh, so football might be over. But a lot more picks coming from yours truly, the Squatch. There's a few a few things I want to get into before we talk uh, or, or take a trip to the Motown betting window. Brought to you by uh, our good friends at Bet Rivers. And the first thing is we had a really, really tragic event happen in Metro Detroit today. And, and you know, luckily no one was hurt as far as we know. So it wasn't a tragedy in that sense, thank God. But for those of you that are fans of sport, for those of you that are fans of golf like I am, I mean, a huge golfer and a huge fan of the history of golf, uh, this was a really sad day as the legendary iconic clubhouse at Oakland Hills Country Club in Bluefield Hills, Michigan, burned down, basically. I mean, the, the whole thing isn't gone, but a huge swath of it is. I was just talking to some members uh, that I'm very close friends with. I've luckily been able to play in Oakland Hills many times. I've been there for U.S. Opens. I've uh, been there for the USGA. And no one knows what the cause was. yet. Uh, there was some patio work being done uh, in, in anticipation of this new golf season. But, of course, they just redid the South. Got a chance to play it last year. It's incredible. And... There's definitely going to be majors coming to Oakland Hills in the near future. You wonder if this could slow that down. Hopefully not. I mean, obviously you got to have a clubhouse, and I'm sure they can rebuild this thing relatively quickly. But it, it's all the history, the Ben Hogan, the Jack Nicholas, the, you know, Steve Jones, uh, 
TC Chen with a two, you know, double hit, Andy North, the Ryder Cup. There's all this history, you know, going all the way back to the early days of golf. I mean, Oakland has been around since the early 1900s. And a lot of that is gone. Hopefully, they were able to get some of those treasures out of there. But it's not like there was a lot of people in Oakland Hills, you know, early on a, on a Thursday in February where a big snowstorm is coming. So really, really sad situation there. My heart goes out to the many of you that have probably played there in the past. I know some of you listening might be members. And I have a lot of friends that are members and a lot of connections to that course. Uh, as I mentioned, was very lucky to play it several times. And uh, wow, just uh, a very sad situation at Oakland Hills. And also, another thing going on in the Detroit area is this very, very divisive feeling about Matthew Stafford. I mentioned later in the show, get into some comments about Richard Sherman, and I'm working on getting some uh, guests on to discuss this, that do not believe Stafford's a Hall of Famer. Uh, I mean, it's like, what else can happen? You have some of the media, some very good friends of mine, that died on the hill that Stafford's overrated. Well, that they're, they're in the depths of insanity and the bottom of the ocean now. I mean, that's over. And now the debate is whether or not the guy's a Hall of Famer after winning a Super Bowl in his first year with the Rams, all the numbers he's had, even with some sad sack Lions teams. And, you know, it rages on. It's like Detroit fans can't just say like they did for Justin Verlander. You know, take their hat off. Congratulations. Stafford's the Super Bowl champion. It sucks. It shows how bad the Lions organization is. And just for them to be angry at that and put pressure on you know, the Fords and the Lions to get the job done and build the right kind of team. And we've discussed on this show many times, for me, a, 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 a like literally living blueprint for the Detroit Lions to get success, at least in the short term, is what the Bengals were able to do. I mean, that Cincinnati team, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but they're the kind of team that no one really thought they were 125 to one before the season started. And a couple years ago, before this season, they were a four-win team. Four, 11, and one. Lions, three. You know, a three-win team with a, a tie this year as well. Three, 13, and one. And of course, finding Joe Burrow is going to be very difficult. You know, finding that quarterback, but. There are quarterbacks in the offing, not this season. But in two years, you will have a chance to maybe find that Joe Burrow. To maybe find the quarterback that could be the Stafford that you don't destroy. Well, I don't want to say destroy, but that you don't blow when it comes to having a guy that's capable of winning a Super Bowl that Matt Stafford always was and just wasting the time when he's here. And you look at some of the quarterbacks that that could be. You know, could it be a C.J. Stroud from Ohio State? Could it be Bryce Young, the Heisman winner from Alabama? Could it be Anthony Richardson from Florida? Could it be Will Levis from Kentucky, who I love? I don't know how high Will's going to be. We'll see what he does in 2022. Um, you know, Jerkovic from Boston College, Sims from Georgia Tech, Will it be one of those quarterbacks that could be the next Joe Burrow type? And 
give the Lions a real chance if they build the right team around them for the Lions out under Brad Sherlock Holmes to be a Bengals-type team in the next couple of years. You know what is the Hawthorne line? Families are always rising and falling in America. Teams are always rising and falling in the NFL. And it's a league, it's a copycat league, it's a league filled with parity, and it's one of these, these things where you can be a team that's bottom of your division, that's a 3-4-5 win team one year, and the next year be a 9-10-11-12 win team and win your division. That's how it goes in the NFL these days. So I know some Lions fans feel like it's eons away, and I'm not trying to say the Lions are on the track to get to a Super Bowl in a couple of years. They've already been to one. They have one playoff win since 57. So you got to walk before you can run. But what I am saying is that, yes, this Lions team with this new, oh, you know, I want to say new ownership, the new stewardship with a GM that actually seems like he knows what he's doing for once, that the Lions, me and Terry Foster talking about this, went outside the old boys network, brought in Brad Holmes. We don't know if Dan Campbell was going to be a good coach or not, but either way, you can, you can see that things could be a lot different than they've been, especially under Patricia and Quinn. I, I thought Jim Caldwell was a fine coach, but could get the Lions over the hump. And the GMs before, whether it was Mayhew or Millen, just terrible. It's been a short sample size and a short period of time, but I already like what I'm seeing. The Lions have multiple first-round picks over the next couple of years. And we know that those are like gold in the NFL. So that's something I wanted to throw out there as it's been a big point of discussion. You know, the divisiveness about Matthew Stafford. Some of the fans just don't want to give any credit. You're being silly that you died on that hill. The hill was over when Matt Stafford made it to the Super Bowl. Now it's not only over, but you're you're into the stratosphere of nonsense. Let's take a trip to the Motown betting window, brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Lots to get to today. And we'll start with the Wolverines. The Michigan Wolverines off that tough loss to the Buckeyes after the huge win when I, when I was out in Vegas against Purdue. And this Wolverine team right now sitting at 13 and 10, eighth in the Big Ten, the Iowa Hawkeyes, 17 and 7, seventh in the Big Ten. And how about Michigan? Based on at least several of the bracketologists, and I'll go with Joe Anardi for now. I know Jerry Palm has them in a similar spot, and there's some others that do as well. Michigan is a first four out team. Tonight's game against Iowa is ultra important. There are first four out with Memphis, with Michigan, or with San Diego State, former uh, Steve Fisher School, and Florida. Last four in, by the way, Iowa State, Creighton, BYU, Oregon, in the last four buys uh, based on Joe Lenardi. Wake Forest, North Carolina, San Francisco, and Oklahoma. And of course, Michigan State safely in the, the tournament right now. They are looked at as a five seed playing in Pittsburgh against a school similar to a Davidson uh, or a Chattanooga, a 12-seed, a 5-12 game, uh, a Creighton or Oregon, a North Texas is who Michigan State would play in the 68-team bracket right now. So this is a huge, I say huge, game for the Michigan Wolverines as they travel to a tough place to play right now. And by the way, if you're wondering... Uh, I was in the tournament as it stands right now as a seventh seed uh, playing a team like Wake Forest or Murray State uh, or 
North Carolina or Miami uh, in the bracket right now. So a huge game as we get towards the end of the regular season for the Wolverines. They are getting five points. There were some sixes out there. It's down to five. Michigan plus five in Bent Rivers right now. Minus 109. The Iowa Hawkeyes minus five. Minus 112. Iowa money line minus 215. The Wolverines plus 175 on the comeback. And the total, 149 and a half over minus 108. Under minus 112. I have no opinion on the total, but I do like some value on the Michigan money line. And I love the value on Michigan plus five, minus 109. Michigan could lose this game, but I think it's going to be a one or two possession game at most. And look at Hunter Dickinson to have a huge one, another double-double. I like Michigan plus the five and a small play on the money line plus 175. Also, we have got a game with the Red Wings in New York against the Rangers. And it's no surprise the Rangers, a much better team throughout this season so far than the Red Wings. The Rangers are 31-13-4, third of the Metropolitan Division. Wings 22-22-6. And you look at the standings right now, the the Red Wings, they still have a chance to be a wild card, but they've got a lot of work to do because the Bruins have three games in hand right now and are eight points ahead of the Red Wings for that final wild card spot. The Bruins have played 47 games. The Wings have played 50. Uh, the Rangers are safely in the playoffs right now. Uh, third place, I mentioned, in the Metropolitan. And this reflects in the line because, you know, you look at the Red Wings and what they've done lately, it, it's not been very consistent. They lost to the Wild 7-4 to on Monday. Then they had won two in a row against the Flyers, the home and away against Philadelphia, 6-3 on the road, and then 4-2 at LCA on Saturday. And before that, they had lost to the Kings. They had beaten the Ducks uh, in overtime on the or at, at LCA, lost to the Maple Leafs 7-4. Uh, they had a shootout win against the Penguins on Friday the 28th and lost to the Blackhawks before that and the Predators and an overtime loss to the Stars. So very inconsistent for the Wings. You know, you got to find wins wherever you can when you're trying to make a late-season push. Rangers, by the way, minus 200. Uh, Wings plus 170. And the Rangers minus 1.5, plus 116. Red Wings plus 1.5, minus 137. The total 5.5 over minus 122. And the under plus 104. And I've got no opinion on this game. I'm staying away from it. I'd love to see the Wings... Get a nice win in New York. They've not had historically a lot of success at Madison Square Garden against the Rangers, and the Rangers are playing some pretty good hockey. So I'm going to stay away from this one and just hope that the Red Wings get a little bit closer when it comes to that second wild card spot uh, in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And I also wanted to, before we get out of here, uh, give the updated futures odds for the NFL to where we're at right now. Bills, the favorite at Bet Rivers, seven and a half to one. Chiefs, the second favorite at eight to one. Rams coming off the Super Bowl championship, and Aaron Donald making appearances on, uh, you know, James Corden saying, "Get the band back together. Let's run it back." Looks like he'll be back to the Super Team. Rams, eleven to one, the third favorite. Niners, their division mates, who they beat to get to the uh, Super Bowl, twelve to one. They're the fourth favorite, and the Packers, who look like they might get one more year of Aaron Rodgers, or maybe not. They're thirteen to one. Cowboys. 14-1. Bengals, they made it to the Super Bowl after being a four-win team. The next season, they are 16-1. And then the Chargers, Titans, and Ravens, quote them nevermore, are 20-1. And if you're wondering, 
the Detroit Lions, the second to last favorite, 125 to 1, only ahead of the Texans at 150 to 1. The Lions actually were the fourth to last favorite, and that's moved down because now the Jaguars and Jets at 101 both have better odds than the Detroit Lions. We've seen a little movement at the bottom there. And if you're wondering for their NFC odds, uh, the favorite Rams at 5 to 1, Niners 5.5 to 1, at Bet Rivers, Packers 6 to 1, Cowboys 6.5 to 1, and then the Cardinals 12 to 1, and the Detroit Lions, the, the lowest odds or the highest, whatever way you want to look at it. Uh, they are 50 to 1 uh, in front of them are the Bears and the Giants, who are 30 to 1 to win the NFC in 2022 going into 2023. Uh, I do have a couple plays for you tonight. And, you know, we're at the time of year where I'm not going to tell you to bet heavy. There are certain times you want to pull the trigger. But as we get closer to the NCAA tournament and the conference tournaments, that's where there's a lot of value to be bet. I'll be betting much heavier. And, of course, the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs. But a couple plays for you today. One of them, as I mentioned, of course, is Michigan. But I also have a couple of little off-the-radar plays for you. I like James Madison. Plus six today against Charleston. I like the way that James Madison's been playing. And I like the over in the Cal State Fullerton game. It's 134.5. Remember, I gave you out the under the Grand Canyon game last night. That that went easy under 137. Well, I'm liking, I'm totally going with an over today. Over 134.5. Cal State Fullerton. Uh, you look at the way that they've been scoring in recent games, and you look at the way that, uh, you know, just the pace of play that Fullerton plays, as well as UC Santa Barbara. I mean, Fullerton averaging almost 70 a game. Same with UC Santa Barbara. You're getting a nice total at 134. And this game goes into the 140s fairly easily. So those are your plays for today from the Squatch. And that is a trip to the Motown betting window brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Coming up, Richard Sherman's talking about it. Many people talking about it. Matt Stafford, is he a Hall of Famer already? And if not, what would it take to get him there? I'll weigh in coming right up on the Throwdown Thursday edition of the Detroit CityCast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. So we know that there's been this divisive feel as of late, you know, about Matt Stafford and what he did and did not do here in Detroit. And I understand all that. And I mentioned, you know, some, even some good friends of mine in the media, and, and there's very few of them, but like died on this hill that Matthew Stafford was, you know, just a bad quarterback and, you know, teams would win in spite of him. And, you know, he didn't get anything done in Detroit because he's not a good quarterback. And Mark Sanchez and Tim Tebow and so many others had, you know, playoff wins and Stafford did it. And if you listen to me, you know, going back to my days on the ticket and various shows that I've done for years and years and years, Matt Stafford has been edge of elite the whole time. 
He's been capable of winning a Super Bowl. It was not his fault. Did he have bad games for the Lions? Of course he did. Did he deserve to get benched against Arizona? Of course he did. But did he recover? And did he have all the fourth quarter comebacks? The greatest active fourth quarter comeback man in the NFL, one of the best in history. You know, this was never a question. He's also third in all-time passing yards per game. Fastest to reach 40,000 yards. You know, this guy is someone that can make throws that maybe in Andrew Locke or Breeze or a couple others at times could make. There are certain throws that only Matthew Stafford can make in certain situations. Is he Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Big Ben, Russell? No, he doesn't need to be. At times, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But, you know, if you look at all the averages, you know, top six, top seven, which is still really damn good when you got the likes of the Brady's and the Big Ben's and others that are just incredible winning Super Bowls. And the, as soon as the Super Bowl ended, I know I posed the question on my show and on, on social media, and it became this big point of discussion, Stafford Hall of Famer. And I, I've been talking about this, obviously being here in Detroit and working in Detroit media for the last several years, where to me, there's no way he would already have been in without a title. And we know the titles aren't everything. I mean, Dan Marino is clearly a Hall of Famer. He never won a Super Bowl title. He got to one early in his career, but never won one. And if John Elway had never won a Super Bowl, you know, towards the end of his career, he still would be a Hall of Famer. But for Matt Stafford, based on all the losing that happened in Detroit, it wasn't his, his fault, very little of it was, um, I think it was fairly apparent that this was a guy that was a great quarterback, but didn't have playoff wins and, of course, a championship. And I said that if he got even got to a Super Bowl, he'd be really darn close. If he won a Super Bowl, I think he's already a Hall of Famer. He just turned 34 on February 7th. He's probably going to play six, seven, eight, nine more years. Hell, Brady played till he was my age, 44. The way this Rams team is going, if he stays there for a while, which he very likely would, and I know that guys like Aaron Donald and others might not be there forever, but if he stays there for a while, they might win another title or two. But already to me, this is a guy that's in the top five in so many different numbers. I mean, right now, when you look at it, let me just throw, throw, go through his records. Fastest to reach 20,000 career passing yards, 71 games. Fastest to reach 30,000, 109 games. Fastest to reach 40,000, 147 games. Fastest to reach 45,000, NFL history, by the way, 165 games. Both, four, most fourth quarter comebacks in a season, eight. And it's not his fault they were down. It wasn't like he was throwing picks left and right. It was the Lions defense. Uh, also the most passing attempts in a season. 727. First player to complete 60% or more of his passes in every game in a season in 2015. 323 touchdowns to 161 interceptions. Almost 50,000 passing yards. A career completion percentage of 63%. A passer rating of 91.9. Also 14 rushing touchdowns. And several other records where he's in the top 5 or top 10. And he's got a long way to go. And yes, he's never won an MVP uh, he was the comeback player of the year, the year the Lions played the, the Saints in the playoffs in 2011, was a pro bowler. Of course, he's on the Detroit Lions all-time team, which isn't saying much. But to me, it's it's apparent that not only is, is he a Hall of Famer, the, winning the championship got him that. And he's only going to add to his numbers. And I know there's some that will say, well, 
you know, the 50,000 yards, that's, it's a pass-happy league, and, you know, a lot of the games he was down in. Him being down in the games doesn't matter. He still had to make those throws. And the fact is, this is where a lot of these people's arguments get ruined. Yes, he was down in a lot of those games, but he brought the Lions back and won the games. He has the most active fourth quarter comebacks in the NFL, and he's top three ever. So it's one thing to get those, if you want to think of them as hollow yards, he won the games. Remember the game in Atlanta and London? If you're a Lions fan, did it in like 25 seconds. The Golden Tate play against Minnesota. He did it all the time like Mahomes did against the Bills in the playoffs. What was it, 13 seconds? Stafford did that all the time. You give Stafford a couple minutes, it's like giving him a full quarter. And here's what Richard Sherman had to say. Uh, he tweeted this out. Richard Sherman has got a podcast. And he was talking about Matt Ryan. Uh, compared his resume, Stafford's resume to Matt Ryan. He said, I'm going to talk about it on the podcast, but the Hall of Fame bar is incredibly low now. And I, by the way, I don't disagree with Sherman on that. But that's not Stafford's fault. Like, it wasn't Stafford's fault that he played for the Lions. Like a participation trophy. No All-Decade team, no All-Pro, no MVP, one Pro Bowl, not even MVP of the Super Bowl. Never considered the best in any year he played. At least Matt Ryan has an MVP. And I know Michael Robinson uh, and responded and said why his numbers don't back it up Stafford's numbers back up his Hall of Fame argument when it came to the Matt Ryan debate and as I mentioned Stafford has a long way to go he's going to add to more of these things he's going to be instead of top five or top ten top five or number one in some of these categories and you know yes the bar has been lowered it's a lot different in the NFL than it is in baseball that's for sure basketball's got some pretty open standards too but listen when you look at the body of work that Matthew Stafford has had, playing for a crap organization for years, and getting them to the playoffs three times after the Lions were 0-16, you know, all the different comebacks he led, all the different leadership he showed, and then, of course, getting traded, the franchise had to move on and, you know, open up things for the future for them. Getting traded and in his first year with a team that was built the right way, which, by the way, was helped to be built by Brad Holmes, the current Lions GM, and Les Steen and some others, obviously, that are still in L.A. The first year he wins three playoff games, his first three playoff wins, and the Super Bowl. What does that show you? Yeah, and, and definitely it's great being on a team like the Rams, but you still got to get the job done. Aside from a week here and there, and a play and a quarter here and there, Stafford was phenomenal this season. At times, he was looking MVP-like. And you don't have to be Aaron Rodgers or Brady and, you know, be gaudy all the time if you're winning and doing what Matthew Stafford did. So this is going to be a debate for a while. But I think that right now, Matt Stafford is in the Hall of Fame. He, yes, the vote's not happening right now, but if he retired, I think Matt Stafford, he might not get into the first ballot, he would get in. But if Stafford plays two, even three or four more years, and I believe he's going to play more than that, if that happens and he keeps adding to these numbers, gets another title or even a Super Bowl appearance or several playoff wins, it's a no-brainer. And whether or not you agree with Richard Sherman that the bar is incredibly low, I don't think the bar is incredibly low. It's just not like it is in baseball, which is kind of looked at as the real, you know, cranky Hall of Fame, where guys like Pete Rose, who should be in, yeah, I know he bet on baseball and Barry Bonds. Yeah, I know he took steroids. So did everyone else. Most players can't erase the steroids era. They should be in. 
but the standards are definitely tougher in baseball and there's less people that vote on it in football Peter King and the, the like get in a room like there's Dave Burkett our good friend is gonna be on the show soon he, he's a Hall of Fame voter they get in the room Super Bowl week and they hash it all out like there's 40 or 50 of them and that's who gets in everyone makes their arguments for different players so it's a different process but when I talked to Dave Burkett earlier this year and asked him this question he said you know basically how some of you feel right now he's not there yet this is obviously before he won a title but if he gets a title that might be enough and either way even if it's not enough at this point if he plays a few more years keeps adding to his records and other numbers it's a no doubter it's just it's so fascinating to me here in Detroit the divisiveness that it's not just Stafford it's whoever the Lions quarterback is when he's goaltender Tigers closer but the divisiveness at Stafford for the team that has the most loyal and biggest fan base, all due respect to the Wings, who have a great fan base, but it's not as big as the Lions, NFL's king, that there's still hate coming for this guy after winning a Super Bowl. And as we've talked about on this show, and I can't say it any louder or any prouder, I couldn't be happier for him because when he was in Detroit for basically 13 years, he did everything he could. He worked his ass off. Blood, sweat, tears. Gave to the community. Matured as a human being. Matured as an athlete. Played with broken bones in his back. You know, would have played with that separated shoulder in the Browns game. He did it, but then he would have played more. He did everything he could. He was the least of the Lions' problems. Why can't you be happy for him? Be mad at the Lions' organization. Not at Matthew and Kelly Stafford. And I see some of you trying to reach out and, you know, poke Kelly because she would make some weird comments and divisive comments sometimes. She was just sticking up for her man, and I, and I get it. But let's be honest. Matt Stafford was never the issue. And it would be like being upset at Justin Verlander. You could be upset the Tigers didn't win, but not at JV because he did everything he could to help them win. You could be upset the Lions haven't won crap. One playoff win in 50, you know, seven years or 50 whatever almost 60 years 65 years actually you can't get mad at Stafford he should be celebrated and heck we'll see what happens it still possibly goes in the NFL Hall of Fame as a lion would that be tongue-in-cheek for my Stafford goat shirt all right that's gonna do it for us today on the throwdown Thursday edition of the Detroit CityCast. Much more coming up tomorrow. Our first Fantastic Friday. It's no longer a football Friday, but Fantastic Friday. Detroit CityCast was a place for over the weekend and other things to discuss coming up tomorrow. Until next time, though, keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch, on this snow-filled Thursday explosion. Out. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.